0: Hello everyone. I'd like to invite you guys to The Reserve. The Reserve is a showcase and creative marketplace for brands, products, and entrepreneurs. Come out on Saturday, March 10th at Brooklyn Commons from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can RSVP at thereservebk.eventbrite.com. I repeat, thereservebk.eventbrite.com. Can't wait to see you there. Stay driven.
1: Minds Podcast, Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're in for another installment. Uh, we have a little guest today representing Philly, Philadelphia native. Absolutely. You know mm. what I'm saying? Financial education specialist. Pretty much um, you got the keys, y'all. Facts. Founder of Empify, Ashley Fox. How are you? Feeling good, feeling
2: good. Feeling
0: good. Oh man, Uh, I'm so happy to have Ashley on. I've been following Ashley on social media probably for like maybe almost two years now. And um, she's just been putting up so much jewels about um, just financial education and financial freedom and, you know, how to tackle the uh, the stock market and, um, you know, a lot of information that may not be prevalent in our communities. Like she really is. Um, has a goal and a mission to really get that information circulated in these communities. And um, she's doing an amazing job at it. And um, I've been inspired. I've learned some stuff just off of Facebook posts. Like, I can sit in her class and I know I'll probably learn a whole lot more. So we're just super happy to have Ashley on and, you know, talk all this uh, good financial stuff to us. You know what I mean? So Ashley, we appreciate you.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys.
0: Indeed, indeed. So yeah, we want to take it back because, you know, um... (laughs) We have a lot of creatives and people in, like, you know, uh, the music or marketing industry in this, in, um, and on Driven Minds. But we haven't really touched too much on finance, which is why I'm really excited. And uh, I just want to hear, you know, let the people hear your story and, uh, you know, where you, come, where you came from in Philly and, you know, what got you into the finance period.
2: Um, so I'm from Philly. I went to Howard University. Um, but when I went to Howard... I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I really just wanted to make a bunch of money. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like math and I like business. So I figured I major in finance. I wanted to go to Howard because of their school of business. And all I saw was the nice suits that they taught you how to wear and the resumes that help you build and the money you can make. And then I heard of this thing, Wall Street. Then I found out they paid all this money in the summertime. So I was like bet, I'm going to Howard. So went to Howard majored in finance realized that in order for me to get on wall street i had to be the best of the best and so pretty much i got all a's my freshman year so i worked at johnson and johnson then after that i worked at three um wall street investment banks so i was pretty much working on wall street since i was 18 years old um and i got exposed to a whole lifestyle um from the clothes that i bought the money i was making this is where i needed to be and i fell in love with new york city so my ultimate goal was just to make a bunch of money wear nice clothes and be on wall street so when i graduated. um moved to wall street got an opportunity at jp morgan um, i worked in asset management so i worked with a group of people who managed the money of individuals who made 25 million dollars or more which was wow. a great experience because i saw everything from where they live to the places they travel how much they didn't pay in taxes what they invested in like i saw everything wow. um and for me i felt like i was a part of that lifestyle so a lot of the things that they did i did so if i saw Wealthy people travel the world. I travel the world. Mm. Um, I saw that they read. I would read. So I got more in tune with who our clients were and what they did, as opposed to like servicing them.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, And so
2: for me, after a while, I think that dream of being on Wall Street, I didn't have it anymore because it wasn't what I wasn't. I wouldn't say it wasn't what what it what it what it's made to be. It's just when you're around millionaires and billionaires every day, and yeah, you're making six figures at what 19 years old. Jesus. I mean, not, no, 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 sorry, not 19, 20, <laughs> I was 20, 21, 22, sorry. I think at any age, yeah. 60. <laughs> Hell yeah, ain't And there. so, um, I know I was yeah. under 25, um, and well. I was making a bunch of money, um, and I realized that it was pennies compared to what our clients said. Yeah, yeah. But when I came back to well, Philly.
0: Well, well, real quick, before you even go in there, what was you balling out on at that time? Like, what, what was you,
2: I buying? Yeah, what was you oh, buying? Oh, my first, this is crazy. And I'll never do this again. My, uh, so I don't know what it's now, but when you sign or dotted line, you're gonna work for Wall Street, work in a Wall, Wall Street bank, um, you get a ten thousand dollar signing bonus. And the first thing I bought was a, was a two thousand dollar product bag. Like, before I got my apartment, I bought a bag. Like, that's just what I did. Cause we, you in your bag, right? cause
1: you from Philly. Exactly. Like, we need
0: some cash. Kanye <laughs> <laughs> got a line about that. He's like, I want to be in 106 apart, pushing the beds. Like, you know what, uh, what I mean? Like, it, I, I was get a mess,
2: it. but and my office was what, two, three blocks from Fifth Avenue. So, like, I just had money, so I spent it. Like, mm-hmm. fancy restaurant. But I but because that's what our clients did. So, like, I would get court-style tickets to basketball games, like, to the Yankee State. Like, because that's what our clients did and we would give it to them, I had the opportunity to participate in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, for me, that was my way of life. But when I came to Philly, I was kind of a rich girl. And so people didn't travel the way I traveled. They didn't invest in the things I invested in. And it wasn't because I was better, it was because they just didn't see what I saw. And so for me, I realized the world was jaded because if you think I got money and I'm the lowest paid person on my floor, we have no idea what real money is. Mm. Um, But I realized that there was a disconnect Not even just financially, but mentally. How wealthy people operate versus people who don't have a lot of money. Um, And I started to find more joy in teaching people what I was learning and what I was doing than keeping rich people rich. And then when you sit down and you work with these people, you realize they're not smarter than you. Mm. They don't work harder. They just know different things. And so for me, I felt like um, the dream I had to be on Wall Street, I didn't have to stay on Wall Street. And so I did everything I could to get there, but I was a bad employee. I I mean, my bonuses were cool, but... I was like a below average employee so that started to mess with my mental like you know how could you graduate with honors you know you know people look at you like you're this great african-american woman Mm -hmm. but you're a below average employee on Wall Street like what's wrong Mm -hmm. Um, but I realized even if I stayed in my job and I put in that time and that energy I was never going to be like the people we were working with like work guard I don't care if I was there for 20 years my net worth based off of what I would get paid would not have been what our clients were. And I'm in a room with millionaires and billionaires. Um, And I realized that they didn't do what I did. Um, They didn't get 401ks, they gave 401ks. And for me, I realized that they all created something. Um, And so for me, I realized that in order for me to be in that position to have that kind of wealth too, I had to create something. So that's where that entrepreneur part came from. Mm. Not because I wanted to, because I don't think I knew what entrepreneur was. Um, But... I realized to hell with this like I wasn't happy Um, and I'm I'm very big on being happy by this time I started to read all these books and I started to study our clients so like Mm. what they read watch their interviews because like our clients were like owners of basketball teams or owners of these clothing stores we shop at like the elite of the elite Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up quitting my job Mm, kind of just took a leap of faith um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew who I wanted to be. And I knew I wanted to bridge the gap from what Wall Street taught me to what the world doesn't know about money. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I randomly became, I was independently contracted with a private equity company. And what we did was help athletes invest in small startup businesses. Mm-hmm. And so that was a step in the right direction. One, because private equity is all just dissecting businesses. And I knew if I one day wanted to run one, I needed to understand how they operated. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like the desire to, help people financially, athletes are always financially messed up once they're no longer in the league. 70% of them go broke after um, they're no longer in the league for five years. And so for me, I felt like, OK, I was still able to satisfy that financial education piece, but also satisfy that business desire I had as well. So I was doing that for a while, which was cool. Um, but I still was missing something. Um, and I literally remember I was, walk- I live at 129th of Lennox. I was walking down the avenue And this girl wrote me her whole life story, like her whole life story, pretty much everything she did wrong with her money, told me that she needed help, and she was like, how much do you charge? And I was like, damn, like, I really could charge people because I I can answer all these questions. I'm qualified to answer them. Um, Maybe I could turn that into a business, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, Then I became a financial advisor, um, and I started to do small financial workshops. So I did two in D.C., one in New York. Um, at the time, I was still living in New York, and everyone asked me to go to um, do an event in Philly. So October of 2013, I did an event at UPenn, and over 100 people showed up.
3: Yes. And then
2: that's when I realized there's a place that I could do business. There was a need for what I provided, um, and that's kind of how it all started. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I knew what it all looked like. I knew what I wanted to give to them. Like Literally, if you read my journal from 2012... Everything I said I wanted to do is exactly what I do today. I just never, I couldn't define it. As opposed to it being called Amplify, it was called It. Like I don't know what It is, but I needed to take something from what it was to bring it to what I knew it could potentially become. Like I didn't wanna take a rich person and keep them rich. I wanted to take somebody who was mentally and financially broken and help them believe that they can be wealthy. Um, Now how I was gonna do that, I don't know. But that's what made me, that's what got me excited and so, Um, Became a financial advisor. That's where all my clients came from. I used to work out of the Marriott at 12th and Market because in Philly, it was in the center of the city and it was free Um, (laughs) Wi-Fi. And that's where I just met with everybody. But in the midst of that, um, I still had that Wall Street mindset. So I still was buying bags. I I went to Thailand for my birthday. I was shocked. I just blew money because I had it. Oh, when I left my job, I had over 30 grand saved. So in my mind, like, who? 30 grand is all right. I'm still making some money. Right. Private equity company was still paying me a little bit, not as much as not as much as Wall Street, but I was still getting some money. Um, but money slowed up, um, and nobody tells you that when you run a business, money doesn't come every two weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, in the midst of me not getting as much money and still spending, I ended up spending everything. Um, so I had to like sell out my investments, my empty my bank accounts, max out credit cards. So by this time, I don't have anything. Um, in the midst of that, I was very irresponsible. So I had a whole apartment in Harlem wasn't paying them rent because I just wasn't there because I was always in Philly. And every time that I got to New York was after five and they just got off at five. Right, so right. I just was like, what well, the hell with them? I'm paying them later. That ended up being thousands of dollars. And then literally one day I came home, I had two days. I had all these eviction notices on the floor. Wow. And I had two days to go to this court place in Harlem before they like evicted me you so was really
0: i was living life out here i don't boy you was really living life so but it, even it, before you even going there true. i wanted to ask you too just um how was that dynamic because you know you know you coming from you know um philadelphia and you know thriving on wall street even if at times you were a below average employee how was that dynamic having that um um position while maybe you have friends that probably weren't on your level financially or weren't on your level. How was that being that person when everybody looked up to like, wow, she really made it, you know, she made it happen and, you know, she really doing her thing in the um finance game.
2: Um I think I didn't notice it. One because in New York, everybody's doing something with their life, to be honest. True indeed. Like Now, in Philly, it might be a little different. So, you know, I think we all have our friends who may not have as much money as us. So I did have friends that um, didn't have as much money as me or couldn't travel to places that I traveled. Um, But to me, I don't think it stopped me because every day my mind got, like, larger. Mm -hmm. Like, every day I would see something. Like, I literally remember when I first started, somebody on our floor went to, like, Switzerland for three days to go skiing. One, I don't know where the hell Switzerland was, how to spell Switzerland. And I'm just like, they went for three days. And by this time, I went to Miami, Cancun, Vegas, millions of times. And I'm just like, they're going to these places i never even heard of. Well, they're going, mind you, I'm only black girl. So for me, I'm never the dummy in the room. I love when you talk about things I don't know, but I will go home and research it and we will all engage in a conversation. So for me, it forced me to level up. The other thing too, I didn't live in Philly. So it didn't affect me as much because the majority of my life was spent in New York. So when I came to Philly, even if it did affect me, I went right back to Wall Street. Like I Definitely. went right back to meeting new people, talking to CEOs, going to galas, right. like, you know, dealing with a lot. Um, and I also still, you, you find those groups of friends who do have money. So like I have my core group of friends who always have money, who travel the world with me. Um, so I just think it's about compartmentalizing those people mm. into... The groups that they belong in and loving them for who they are. Absolutely. Um, but for me, I was never in that space to feel like I was stuck there forever right. because I always came to New York. Like, that's actually why I always come to New York now because I do so much and I give so much to people, New York mm. is kind of that refresher for me because the moment I see the skyline, my heart melts. Like, New York is the best place in the world
0: to me. I feel you. I uh, feel like people from out of town kind of just appreciate it a little bit more, too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I like, You're welcome. <laughs> I'm happy. All New Yorkers, <laughs> yeah. you know. It, yeah, it is yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah, I want to I ask you a little bit. So, having, what was your education like with, with money? You know, I mean, you said that you splurged. Uh-huh. But like initially, what what was your relationship with money?
2: So now that I'm older, I can actually answer this question. It's crazy because if you look at the trajectory of who I was when I was little, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like since I was ten, I had a job. I used to clean my grandmother's house, and I was her uh, her office assistant because she's a lawyer. Okay. Um, Parents gave me allowance, so I used to have a calendar outline, $25 this week, $25 in another two weeks. Grandma's going to pay me $30 here. Jordans cost this. I'm going to go buy these Jordans. I always was like outlining my money, saving my money, going to the bank, cashing all my pennies because I always got what I wanted. I even used to, I used to draw. I don't even know if I still can now. When I was younger and I used to sell pictures to kids. It was like $0.25 for black and white, $0.50 for color, Mm dollar for a poster board. So I, was, I always had that entrepreneurial money management kind of outlook. Um, my mom and dad didn't really talk about money. Um, I grew up in a household where we weren't rich, but our lights were always on. Like, we I kind of, now that I'm older, we're like kind of middle-class rich. Um, so we never struggled, but we never had Beamer, Benz, and Bentleys. Like, it was never that kind of lifestyle.
3: Um,
2: but I always knew my dad was very strategic in paying bills, but you never know how much bills were, or how much money mommy and daddy made or how, you know, so mm-hmm. we never talked about it. My mom used to make us save, but she would just take the money from us and put it into a savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was as far as like, I, I think money management went, but I think my desire um, came because I always had money since I was 10. And then when I was 14, I started working at Foot Locker. So I always had, I always had a job, then I started making more money mm-hmm. um, and that was a commission job. So if I just worked really, really hard, I would make more and more money, you know? so. Um, And then came Wall Street. So I I always had the mindset of always making money, doing more, becoming better. Um, But I think a lot of the actual financial education came when I saw what wealthy people do. So Mm -hmm. like when I first went to Wall Street, I had a check-in and savings account. And when we would go through our clients' bank accounts, they had like tons of check-in and savings accounts. And they all were titled differently. So this is the house account. This is John's um clothing account this is the real estate account this is susie's college you know like so they would title them and i was just like well look at you so literally anything i saw clients do i would do so they had multiple checking and savings accounts it was like well what you seeing here and you only got you only got one checking account one savings account so i that's why everything that i do my money has an account number attached to it so my vacation account is separate from my bill account Mm. um my house savings account is different from my spending account. But because I saw them do that. Then it got to a point where I saw that they were investing and like it was points where like my mind was trained if I saw like 2 million dollars, my mind was trained to be like that's not a lot of money. <laughs> like mm. like 2 million dollars in the division I worked in was pennies. Like you couldn't talk to us unless you had 25 million dollars or more. Wow. Um, and so once I saw our clients always investing in in If they had cash we always would figure out what to do with it so it could be invested Mm. and i'm just like well you only got checking and savings account and we're sitting here telling them they got to take the money out of their cash accounts to invest it maybe you need to invest your money so literally everything i saw our clients do i i did our clients bought stocks i bought stocks they invested in mutual funds i invested in mutual funds they invested in index funds i bought index like everything i saw our clients do um i i did myself it's like And I think we have this preconceived notion that investing is only for people who have a lot of money. So if our clients invested a $1 million into this stock, I just would take $100 and buy the stock. You know what I'm saying? So, um, And I think, in my mind, it would just be a whole bunch of $100 would get me to that million. Mm -hmm. But if that's what they're doing, why do I have to wait to do it when I'm their age? Why can't I just start now? Mm -hmm. And so I felt like if they're doing it, and I'm sitting here telling them to do it and preparing presentations for them to do it, why not just learn from what they're doing and we're helping them keep their money. So why not figure out how to keep yours too?
1: Absolutely. So in terms of that, what is, what is the, the common trend like for, for individuals that you service? What is, what is, what is the, I'd say the average level of intelligence when it comes to finance?
2: Um, so I've been a financial advisor for about four years now. Um, as far as adults go, um, it varies. Um, I think one of the things that differentiates me from a lot of people, as well, especially banks, I don't judge you. So I've dealt with people that have never had bank accounts. I've dealt with people who have over a million dollars and have no idea what to do with their money. Mm. Um, I deal with people who are single moms who have money, can save, but have no idea how to invest. Um, mm. I have some people who have multiple children who want to plan for their kids' college education. So I think the commonality amongst all the people that I work with is that they all need financial education to make financially educated decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, no one person, I think, is better than the other. Um, because, again, I have clients who can make $50,000 a year and have $20,000 saved, and I got clients make a quarter of a million dollars and have nothing saved. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about their level of knowledge. I think it's just the... Desire for them to want to be better. Okay. Um, and that's not something I can give them. Mm-hmm. That's something they already have to have that I can then enhance.
1: Right. Got it. And in terms of, like, common mistakes. Like, what, what are just some common mm-hmm. errors that individuals make in, in, in the initial? Because it, it could be, like, an interesting experience when you start to make money. And you don't have, like, a wherewithal of, like,
0: allocation.
2: So we have... I think a lot of people spend first and then say, okay, here's this people always say, oh, my gosh, I can't save. Okay, cool. Um, so when you go through their life, you go through their bills, they spend every single dollar that they make. Um, not because they have to, because it's there. So psychologically, when you can see your money, you touch it. If it's not there, you can't touch it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to pay yourself first. I'm very big on that. We pay everybody. I teach it to my kids. My kids had to outline everything they bought in, like, the past week. So we paid the Uber driver. We paid the pop, the bodega here. We call it the poppy store <laughs> The bodega um, or the pizza store. You know, we bought these Jordans. We pay everybody, and everybody gets rich off of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look up, why is our bank account empty? It's because we make everyone else a priority before we make ourselves a priority. Indeed. And I think if you pay yourself first, you still will have enough money left over to take care of what you got to take care of. And paying yourself first can be setting aside ten dollars a week. So it's not that saving is not a dollar amount. or Investing is not a dollar amount. It's a habit. It's it's an actual verb. Hmm. And so people think, oh, I can't save. And it's just, no, you just don't make it a priority. And so sometimes you have to do things that we subconsciously do. Sometimes you have to trick yourself into saving and investing. Um, It's just like we automatically pay our cell phone bill every month. Why can't we automatically invest? Mm -hmm. We come up with all these reasons why we can't as opposed to focusing on all the reasons why we can and why we should. And I think... It, it it also comes with conditioning. Um, it also comes with what we're surrounded by. For me, I invest because I was around people every day that invested. So mm-hmm. if I wasn't in that environment, I wouldn't have invested. Mm-hmm. Like my brother, my sister, my mother, and my father, they all have stock accounts because I opened it for them, like all of them. Mm-hmm. But now, like my mom just recently said, She watches sports all day, so she was watching ESPN, and she's like, "They keep showing this Black Panther movie. I'm so excited!" But she knows that Black Panther is Marvel. Marvel was Fox. Fox is now Disney, and I bought her Disney stock because Disney owns ESPN. Mm. So now, in her mind, as I'm watching TV, as I go buy tickets for this film, I'm now giving someone else my money, even though this person that owns the company may not be black. But I also now own stock in this company too. Kind of paying yourself, right? So now she but she thinks that way now you know like one this is all I do every day so Mm -hmm. but it's because you can't be around me and not get infected with this and because this is the environment that I was in it's, it's now a part of who I am in my DNA so for me it's being able to just pass that down in any way that I can whether it's through social media through talking to people through writing whatever it could be um just giving it to people but I think we just have this preconceived notion that we have to stay the way we are, even though deep down inside we're yearning to not be this way anymore.
0: Right. I want to talk about um, um, some of the challenges you've had too, because when you were going through your eviction and going through splurging or whatnot, how did you, um, you know, um, will from within um, the capacity to to um, to recover from your current state? You know what I mean? From um, from 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 going through financial problems to you know, redeveloping yourself to be an entrepreneur and you know, <coughs> starting to stack again. How did you get from that space to a space where you're thriving?
3: Um,
2: I wouldn't say that I'm thriving. Cause that, that word to me just sounds like I'm balling right now. and I'm not balling right now, hmm. but I think I'm thriving mentally. Mm. Um, so I would say
0: more important in the sense, huh?
2: in the beginning when it's very hard to, this is what I always tell people. Just don't quit your job. <laughs> Um, it's very hard to be creative and persevere, and when in the back of your mind you can't survive, or you're scared of how you're going to survive. Mm-hmm. And so, I think one of the things that <clears throat> led me were the people I serviced. So, like if you, if I work with you and you actually implemented what we talked about, that made me believe in me even more. Um, or, <coughs> excuse me. Um, me being featured in an article, it just, it, it's like, it reminds me of why I even started. And so whether it's my vision board, whether it's my affirmations, whether it's the books I'm reading, the audios I listen to, the uh, the YouTube videos I watch, every time, that was always a part of my daily routine to a point where you can't talk to me and I don't sound like the books that I'm reading or I don't sound like the people I listen to on YouTube. Mm. Um, but it was because also too, you... you There was some, and I don't know when this happened because it wasn't always like this. But there's like something inside of me that you can't tell me this won't work. Now on Wall Street, I wasn't a you couldn't like I wasn't there yet. But over time, the more progress I made, the closer I kept getting to what it was I wanted to see. So it's kind of like you see that light at the end of the tunnel, and it gets brighter and brighter because you get closer and closer and closer. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, just remembering why I started. Um, and, and the progress kept me driven.
1: Um, what are you teaching more of these days? I mean, finance is such a wide um, like array of, of, of behaviors. Um, what where, where are some of the, uh, the things that you're, you're teaching you know, teens and, um, and what are some of the things that you're teaching adults?
2: Uh, I'm very big on wealth building. My team and I call this the year of the wealth builder. <laughs> um,
0: or feels like that.
2: So I, any, I'm very, I think everything is centered around us not just being the consumer, but the owner mm. um, in any way, shape or form. So I think most people, especially in the black community, we think that we have to spend all our money in black businesses and be entrepreneurs, which, yes, that will help us get economic power. Mm-hmm. But what if you do not want to be an entrepreneur? What if you don't have the time to be an entrepreneur? What if you're not willing to get kicked out your apartment, lose every single dime that you had to go follow this crazy dream that that's nobody what thinks entrepreneurship is? Right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, not everybody's built for that, and and, and that's that. And that that's fine. That's that's okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't be wealthy. Um, Spending money with black businesses, I believe in that too, but there are not enough black businesses mm. to a point where we are solely reliant on our community. Like, we can't make our own food. We don't buy our own cars. We don't shop at our own supermarkets. Mm. And, and I get how we got that way. I mean, we can have a whole his- history lesson if you want to, but that doesn't mean that we still can't build wealth. That doesn't mean that the next generation that comes after us has to take out student loans because we did. Mm. And so I think, for me, it's training people's minds to be conscious of who they're giving their time, their money, and their energy to. So, like when we wake up, we get on social media, it's a free app, but it's not free. For some reason, it's such a free app, everyone uses it, yet every social media platform is a billion-dollar business. Mm. And people are continuing to make billions of dollars off of our consumption. So whether it's our time and our money. And and although we may not have that next black social media app currently. That doesn't mean we can't play the same game that billionaires are playing. So if we're using the app, we need to own the app too. And so just getting people in the mind frame of you don't always have to give and spend. You can also invest and own. Um, and so everything I do, everything I talk about, um, that's what I focus on. I mean, saving is cool, but saving doesn't build wealth. Like literally, I don't even have money in a savings account. Every, every time I have extra money. I just transferred into an investment account. Think like,
0: that's, that's that keeps money in the, you know, for the hustlers out there to keep money in the streets. <coughs> we won't go in too deep in that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I actually want to dial it back a little bit because, you know, you are teaching um, the youth, them, and, you know, adults about financial education. But how did that evolve, right? Because you were... You, you graduated college, you got into the finance space, mm-hmm. you started working for um, a few investment banks, you started making money in Wall Street, boom, boom, boom. But um, you went through your, your you know, your trials, and um, what evolved from that is <coughs> um, this program you developed called Amplify that mm-hmm. you now service um, a multitude of schools in New York City in a tri-state area. Mm-hmm. So how did it evolve from that, you know, that nine to five grinding to, um, um, you know, to being an entrepreneur and working with, uh, with public schools?
2: Um, so, I never wanted to work with kids either. Um, everything, everything falls under the umbrella of what it is I wanna create and give to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, honestly, the reason I teach kids is I got tired of adults. Um, mm. After, what, I think it was three years, um, I got tired of adult, like I think adults are, they would rather me teach them how to save than to actually do it and I get more, I don't care how much money you pay me, how much money I make, I get more joy and you'll see a tear come out of my eyes if you actually do and implement what I say. Like my heart melts when I hear my kids talk about what they learn. Mm. Um, And so that brings me joy and when when you realize you cannot change an adult. Um, no matter how much information you give them, they are—they are not ready. They're not ready. And I got tired of dealing with 20, 30, 40 plus years of mental conditioning that mm-hmm. I—that I cannot change. So I realized, in order to prevent that, it's if you teach a child. So a friend of mine knew a principal at a school, um, and I pitched my program and my idea to a school. I never was a teacher, never taught kids, don't have any kids. Um, and she said, "Okay, you want to try this out on our kids?" So I said, "Cool." So I studied what the kids were learning um and I just started to create programs and I saw what worked what didn't work. I tested my kids, see what they know about money, what they don't know, and I found ways to connect what they do and who they are to the financial concepts. So like we'll talk about Cardi B or uh LeBron James and Steph Curry, but we'll talk about Nike and Under Armour stock. You know like mm-hmm. so it's just developing those concepts in a way that it can relate to a child but still teaching them the, the core financial principles they need um from a mental perspective. Um, That turned into another girl reaching out to me saying, can you bring this program to my school? I said, sure. But I wasn't really good at pitching my program, so I was just like, can I just try this out over here too? So now I had 90 kids that I taught. Yeah, 90 kids at that time. And people just started asking me. And then the school I originally started at came back and said, cool, we want you again this year. And they found a company to sponsor my program. And so I went back and taught those kids. And then that just turned into... Pitching my pro. pitching I knew somebody who worked at the district, pitched my program to the district. They said they were looking for somebody like me. Um, my first year, I didn't get my district contract. They actually kind of played me. Um, I wasn't prepared. Um, well, not prepared. I just missed a lot of deadlines. Um, and it was a slap in the face, but I realized I could get my foot in the door. The second year, which was last year, Valentine's Day, I got my contract with the district. But once I got my contract with the district, um, then I had media coverage, and then more schools started to reach out, mm-hmm. um, but I also emailed every CEO and principal of every charter school in Philadelphia. Um, everything just kind of fell into place, and I think it's because I always focused on the why, and I think as entrepreneurs or people who aspire to be entrepreneurs, we get so, not even just entrepreneurs, just people in life. like is we focus on the how so much. It's like you want it. You want to learn how to invest, but I don't know how to. If you the how you figure out. If you know your why, what you want, and why you want it, you'll figure the rest of it out. So like I knew at the end of all of this, I want to build a school centered around financial education, a place where no matter how much money you do or do or not have, we have access to information without somebody trying to sell you a product or judge you for what you've done in your past or you know where you come from. Um, that's, that has always been the ultimate goal. Now, how the hell am I going build a school? I don't know. Do I have money to build a school? No. Do I have... An, I don't even know how to manage a team more than, what, 10, 15? You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to do that. Um, but i figure it out. But in the midst of everything I've done since the day I left my job, the pieces still fit the puzzle I'm trying to create. And so, I can't build a school if I don't have a curriculum. Well, I can't have a curriculum if I don't have kids. I can't have kids if I don't talk to principals and CEOs of schools and things like that. So everything just kind of led one thing after another. Once I got my contract with the district, I was taught I was in more schools. So now the more schools I'm teaching at, the more confident I am on what I know works. Like I can tell you most middle school kids, 97% of my kids do not know what a checking account is. They will tell you it is an account you check. And if something as simple as a checking wow. account, they don't know, but there's tests that I've given my kids. You know, like, there's post-tests that I give my kids to prove that this is what they're learning, this is what they do. Mm. Um, But it's because I've had so many kids. So now if a school reaches out to me and sees what we're doing with these students, I can say, look, this is what I do, this is what I charge, this is how we do it. And granted, I'm not perfect. There's a lot of things that I need to do to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I know what part of my class will make my kids laugh. I know what part of my class my kids just won't understand. I know what part they will get. You know, so... And the more I'm with the kids, the better my content is, the better the curriculum is. I've never, I don't know how to write curriculum. I just figured it out. I don't know how to write less, You know, like, I just figure it out. But the reason I figure it out is because the moment I walk into a class, I'm not leaving you until you know what I'm teaching you. So that means I got to stay extra hours or do some extra classes. You, I care more about you actually learning the material than any school paying me any check. And I think, I, I think the difference between me five years ago, and now, is I stopped caring about money.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I actually started to care about, you know, why God put me on this earth and the impact I was going to make. Um, because when I stopped focusing on money, money came. Mm. When I was focusing on money, um, I hated it. I found that more, you know, when you chase money, you're always gonna find my hands more of it. So what are you really chasing? It's not gonna make you happy. Um, I, I made my first hundred thousand, next thing I wanted a million. I'm sure when I hit a million, I'm gonna want a hundred million. You know, like, so yeah. it's like, are you ever really going to be happy and it's like when I stopped worrying about how much money I had or the kind of clothes I had and you know all of that stuff
3: mm-hmm. it
2: didn't matter to me anymore but the only reason I feel this way is because I lost everything and I think mm. when you lose everything you, you you you're forced to figure out well who are you now you know Absolutely. if now if now when I shake your hand and I can't say that I, I, I work on Wall Street well who are you you Absolutely. know like and for me is is that's what matters um, so to answer your question, it was never a strategic plan. It just was, I, I knew the end goal was to build a school surrounding financial education for both adults and children. How? i figured that out. But the why and the what I wanted never changed. And every single day I don't go to sleep unless I do something to put me closer to that ultimate goal. Whew.
0: Ashley's dope,
1: bro. <laughs> That hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> <At> first, <laughs> man, talk that talk, man.
0: It was. It sounded like it's a cool album. So, I follow you on Instagram,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And um, there was this thing that was going around a couple weeks ago. It was on the Shade Room. Uh-huh. And it was that mom that put that on uh, Facebook <laughs> post. Like, I make my five year old pay rent every uh-huh. week. She gets a $7 allowance. So, I make her give me $5 back for rent, mm-hmm. you know, for food and water and etc and you you um you didn't buck at it you know you 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 applauded the initiative right. but you laid out some points what, what was what's what is um i don't want to use the word wrong but for lack of a better term like what's wrong with that premise in, in terms of financial education
2: um well it was a lot so what we have to understand money has nothing to do with the actual dollar you touch it's a mental so if you have the it's think of it like this why is it that athletes always the majority of them go broke they have millions of dollars but for some reason they go broke Mm -hmm. that goes to show you it's not about someone having millions of dollars like it's not it's about the mindset you take somebody who's uneducated give him millions of dollars you still never teach him and then you're confused as to why he lost it but you never taught him in the process Mm. so it's more about strengthening the mind of a person and what she was doing Again, I applaud her like I'll never bash The effort being put but you can only the the problem is you can only teach what you know Mm -hmm. She never worked on Wall Street. She never saw what I saw So she doesn't know how wealthy people don't don't do that to be honest the black community is the only community That make kids pay rent like or you when you're 18 you gotta go every other every other nationality race, we're either working together, mm-hmm. I'm supporting you through this journey, you are a trust fund baby, we're not putting you out and treating you as if you're you you know, you're disowned from this family or you gotta pay me bills. Like I'm here to, to support you. Um, but ne- that's neither here nor there. I think what she was doing to that child's mind was programming it to believe in certain things without allowing her to get the opportunity to choose who she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So immediately... She said, okay, when my, I'm going to give my daughter money. When she first gets the money, she has to pay bills. Again, that goes back to the mindset of paying everybody. So just because I have a Verizon bill, I have a Cardinal, I have car insurance, everybody's making money the moment I get paid. So I work all these hours, and I got to give all of you my money. And then at the end, she says, most of the, most of the majority of the money goes to bills in the real, whatever. So like something like in the real world, right. you really don't have a lot of money left over. No, that's not the case. That is that is a belief that you have. That is not a fact. Because when I make money, the majority of my money does not have to go to my bills. Mm-hmm. When you when you think of an Oprah Winfrey, the majority of her money doesn't so that's not a factual statement. That is based off of your experience and what you feel. So now you're training your daughter to pay you rent, pay all these bills, and then what then she says whatever's left over, she can go spend it or do whatever. That's still wrong because again, you pay all your bills and you spend your money. At the end of the day, the daughter's left with nothing. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing she needs to do is train her daughter to pay herself first. You matter before any bill matters. Now, I'm not saying not, don't go pay your bills, but take care of you first mm-hmm. and, and set money aside for you. Um, the other issue with that is rent's not a dollar. So I think, it, and, and I know for me, the moment I got out of college and I saw really how much bills were, like nobody tells you that you got to pay gas, electric, and how, you know, how much that stuff actually costs. You have no concept of money until you get your first bill. You shouldn't be learning about money the moment it actually happens you should be preparing yourself for it so as opposed to taking her money from her she needs to sit down with her and show her look rent is this amount of money um, this is how much the utility bills are, you know, so while mommy is out working This is where her money is going the problem is parents are too embarrassed about their financial situation So they feel like they're not qualified enough to teach a child and so it's not bad The thought of it was good, but she's training her mind to work for money and then pay bills That is a, that that's what we're taught go to school get a job get a job pay for school What if what if her daughter wants to run a business? What if her daughter you know, wants to be a creative? Why not allow her to, to set money aside and invest money, train her to invest money, to save money, and maybe she doesn't have to go work for it. Maybe, um, I saw this, this TED talk, as opposed to telling your kid to wash the dishes, they get paid, that's the same thing as a job. You do a service, you get paid. Why not solve a problem? Why not figure out a solution to something? One that trains your child to critically think, and it also makes them be solution-oriented, which is all entrepreneurship is. So now you're training your daughter to always work for money, as opposed to finding creative ways to make money and do it for herself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, and and of course she if she's not an entrepreneur; she wouldn't know how to do that. If the majority of if the majority of her money goes to bills, she won't know that that uh that it's possible that she should be paying herself first, and that it is possible to have money left over. And the other issue with that is she said it's like three thousand something dollars left over because she put it in a savings account for her again. The thought was good because the money the daughter was given to her, giving her she was setting it aside for a college. One savings accounts don't make you wealthy, like they just they they, they, they don't so after thirteen years, all you have is three thousand dollars that probably won't even pay for what two classes in college. The cost of college goes up five percent every single year. Mm. so in this case, what is this girl going to do with three thousand dollars like nothing and so in this case. Her mind only knows to put in a savings account. She has no other places for it to go, not realizing that you need to invest for a child. 13 years, you need to be putting that money aside, having that money make money for her. So, again, it, the thought was great. Um, it's just that it's just it, it trains us psychologically to become... Obsessed with working for money and paying bills as opposed to making ourselves a priority And I think when the shade room posted it and I literally started to watch read all the comments mm-hmm. and everybody was like yes Oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm just like, oh my god. This is so wrong. Like don't yeah. do this." So that's why I reposted it because yeah. people were literally agreeing with and I'm like this is wrong on so many psychological levels So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Real, on,
1: real clear, bro. so I remember watching the um episode of everybody hates Chris right mm-hmm. and the mom said this one line that just stuck with me she's like I run this our finances the way the country runs its budget on okay. a deficit how do you <laughs> <laughs> in, in terms of paying bills because bills is like a um, bills are <coughs> inevitable in life you know what I'm saying if you need things you have to pay bills period in terms of paying bills like are there strategies uh, is there a strategic way to pay your bills and to be able to, you know, save or um, have money to invest? Or, like, what's, is there a science behind that?
2: Um, There's no science. Everything is an art. Um, now, one thing when it comes to paying bills, one of the easiest things you can do is it takes time if you're not used to it. All your bills should come out around the same exact time. Because when money's coming in and out at different points, you get confused as to how much money you really have left over. So there's no real control. Oh,
1: man, that's like, oh, yeah, I know I definitely got $60 and then <laughs> negative 100
2: So I think um, having all your bills come out during the exact time because it'll, it'll give you a clear head of what's left over collectively. Um, as far as saving, um, I think saving and investing, everything needs to be automatic because you have to train your mind to focus on creating and building more not being obsessed with what is whatever you focus on you're attracting so if all you are is addicted to bills all you're gonna bring in is bills but if you all your focus goes into making more money doing more creating more servicing more that is what will come to you and so i think you have to trick yourself into setting money aside so mm-hmm. the more work you have to do The harder it's going to be to do it so you have to automatically have money come out of your bank account to invest automatically Mm -hmm. have money come out to save because if you go to withdraw money deposit money gotta walk to the bank or mainly have to do it because you can psychologically see it you're going to feel like you're robbing from yourself um, but if it was never there to begin with, or you didn't even realize it was gone, it'll collectively pile up. So when you need it, mm. it, you'll see that you have more money.
0: That's like the best way. Remember back in the day, the best way I told you if I could save is like whenever I had a new, um, start a new job, I would get a 401k account immediately. Have them take it right. out of my account immediately. But you don't even miss it. Cause you don't, yeah, you're not thinking about it. Rather mm. than if you just have to see that money go right. into a savings or you have to physically go, you feel like, but when you know it's something, you can like just go in and check. And only that. It was harder access to pull that money up. Right. Money so out. it also
2: has to be in a separate account that you can't see. Right. So like when people um have like savings accounts that are connected to your checking account, they don't work. Because I agree. Because if you log in because you, you see it yeah. is that like
1: a is that like a banking Illuminati secret? No. You know
2: what I'm saying? No, I, I just noticed because it it literally when I was a financial advisor, I legit. One, didn't think I was qualified because at this time I had no money in my bank account. So it was like, why are y'all listening to me and I have no money? But when I was sit, with, I remember my first client, I sat with her, she had a $2,000 bag in her hand, no money in her bank account, asking me if she could buy a TV on Black Friday. And I was just, I literally called my friend and I was just like, yo, I thought I had money problems. Wow. No. But she like, did. She have
0: money coming in though. No,
2: she like, had money coming. I mean, in. like she had a job, but it was literally negative. But she was just like, "Can I buy the C V on Black Friday?" And well, I'm just like, up,
0: "Is this a housewife?"
2: Like what? No, no,
1: no. I don't know.
2: But it just was like, why are we so backwards? Right, like, right. and I'm just like, okay, I'm financially messed up, but that was always temporary. People are like this mentally, permanently. Like yeah, when, when people are in poverty, that is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Like that you ha- and, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, you have to break the mental and change it. The- I can I can dump a million dollars into somebody in a project's bank account. It's going to go back to 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 to, to yeah. nothing be because broke. that's what their mind is trained to always see. They did an see. HBO
0: special on that. You ever seen that? Bro. They gave a homeless man a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and like I think after like maybe nine to ten months, he was down to five thousand. Nine you know? months? That's kind of man. I thought you to Yeah, but that. Hours, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> your mind, your
1: mind, is not, hey. your mind is not Absolutely. used to seeing it. Your mind is
2: not used to seeing it, so mm-hmm. that's why. You you don't know how to operate like a wealthy person is used to seeing money, so it's like, so yeah. But you just have to trick yourself into doing it, and it can't be separate.
0: I'll I'll I'll
1: tattle on myself. Like for me, one of my early um, trepidations with saving was I just hated the idea of saving like a dollar or right. So okay, so I'm glad you said that. I like saving. No, let let me put a Benji in a drawer.
2: No, but that's. But that, if you wait for that day to happen, it'll never come. Think oh, of it man. like this. If I could give you uh, a dollar every week for the rest of your life, would you take it?
0: I mean, yes. yeah. Off the rip, yeah. Why not? Why? In three weeks, I could have a chopped cheese.
2: <laughs> why would, if I was to give you a dollar every week for the rest of your life, why would you take it?
1: Because in- It's a dollar that's just coming from you every yeah, week? Yeah, that's, that's fifth, how many weeks in a year?
2: Regardless, it could be $10. <laughs> I could, regardless, why do you want it? Cause, Cause it's, it's a dollar. You just told me it's nothing.
1: It's v- now, I didn't say it it's was more nothing. than what I had. I, I just told you I could get a chopped cheese. At the no,
2: table. but I'm no, 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 no. I'm saying when you said you didn't like setting aside just a dollar, right. meaning you felt like it was so pointless. Ah. So why when I'm giving it to you, it's not pointless anymore. It's the same concept. We gotta stop looking. This is what this is, this is what I used to do. This is what I tell people to do. Just add a zero to everything you do. So when you go buy a coffee and it's five dollars, no, it's fifty dollars. I bet you think twice about buying that coffee. When you're saving ten dollars, no, you're actually saving a hundred dollars. You have to train your mind to see more mm. and, and, and not focus on the lack. You're fo- you have a that mindset is a lack mindset. You gotta focus on look, cool, I only got a dollar now. Keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to have a million dollars. If I keep fighting and I keep putting in these dollars, one day I'm going to get to a million. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just about how you look at it. But we think like, even with stocks, oh, I, like literally I was just looking at my account. And like I'll just add a couple hundred dollars here and there. And then i will going buy more stock and more stock. I looked up. I own like. 10, 11 shares of one company, and I was just like, wow, like, but I just gradually just kept doing it piece by piece by piece, Mm -hmm. next thing you know, I look up, I have double digit shares in a company, you know, so we got to get out of the mind that it's not, we're not doing a lot, Mm -hmm. because it's not a lot, you got to do something, it's like before you get to the top of the staircase, you got to take the first step, Mm -hmm. you looking at the top of the staircase, like trying to, Climb over everything. When it's like, if you've never taken the first step, how will you ever get to the top of the staircase? So you have to gradually do it. But train your mind to focus on, I know I'm starting with only $10 right now. But I know next month I'm going to do 20 Next month I'm going to do 30 And I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing.
0: Dope. Fine. Right. I got two more questions before I wrap up. Was, number one, um, I'd like to know, what, what sort of books were you reading when you were? You oh,
2: know? man. I'm obsessed
0: with books. Absolutely. I would
2: definitely do um, that. Wait. Um. Like now?
0: Now okay. and also when you were actually, you know, around these wealthy folks.
2: Um, so one of the first books that I read Think and Grow Rich. That was, that was a good book for me. I think the book that actually changed my life at that point was this book called The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. Hmm. Um, and here's how I started to read it crazy. I met some guy who's actually my mentor and he asked me if I read the book. And I was just like, no, but I put it on my list. So then literally 24 hours the next day, I was talking to this guy that I met at this NFL draft event, like this random guy. He was like, have you read this book? And I said, oh my god, somebody just told me to read this book yesterday. So I'm like, maybe I should get this book. And I Googled it, and it's one of Jay-Z's favorite books. I said, well, I'm going to buy this book. Read the book. I was hooked on 10 pages. And it literally the changed son, my entire prophet? Prophecy. It literally changed my whole life. And so Here's what's even crazier. So then when I bought the book, mm. I always would read on a train. Every day when I read that book people would stop me and they would be like give me like a little creepy eye like that's a really good book And I was just like oh my gosh, this is so creepy, but everybody was stopping me telling me But the book is really 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 good, and it's one of Jay-Z's favorite books So um, it's for, Prophecy.
1: I'm, I'm about Prophecy uh... By James Ray. it's a
2: really really good book. It's fiction too, but it's really good yeah. um, But essentially the core principles that I got from it at that time is everything happens for a reason so if you go back and you can look at on every the first time you met your best friend to how you guys met or why you started the business or whatever, everything led up to this point. So like let's say if I would have never, I didn't get my internship offer, my full time offer um, from my junior year internship, they just didn't give it to me. So I cried my eyes out. Thought I was horrible. But that was in investment banking, which was pretty much dealing with companies. The reason why I didn't get that internship is because I needed to be in asset management. Because if I wasn't in asset management, I wouldn't be able to do what I do for the people I service today. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I would have never lost all my money, I would have never been able to empathize with the people that I service. You get what I'm saying? So at the time when I'm losing everything, I don't, I'm don't. i trying to figure out why I'm going through this. But I needed to get through that to prepare me for who I am at this point. And that book kind of shows you this guy and he just goes through all these like life experiences, and everything leads to the next thing. So now, every time something happens in life, it's kind of like, okay, why did this happen? Right. What What is this for? What is this supposed to teach me? Even the littleest things, the good times and the happy times. Um, I just read this book called As a Man Thinketh, and that's like in my top five. Now. Actually, um, that book is good. <laughs> I
0: was probably like maybe 19, maybe even younger. Wait, you met me? at What age? I was probably 18. And uh, my big bro, Franz, suggested that book for me. Yeah. And okay, it yeah. kind of changed my life yeah, at that yeah. young age. So, shout out to Franz. <coughs> that was too. good. Um, shout out to uh, the author, was James...
2: Something. But the book Ray was written in, like, nineteen oh something And yeah. I was just like, what? I still have
0: it on my phone. I go to back to it every yeah. now and then.
2: That so. book is good. My favorite book um, is Seated or Sold. Um, mm. and that book, I haven't read that one. That book, that's one of Jay-Z's favorite books, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so an so Oprah Yeah. But, yeah. Oprah, oh, nice. Yeah. So every book, I, most of my books are Oprah books too. Nice. Um, and I watch her videos because *Cedar of the Soul was actually a, was hard for me to read. And I was like, you're going to get through this book because Oprah loves book and Jay Z. So you got to learn this book. So I would watch all the videos mm-hmm. to get, help me get a better understanding. But that book changed my life too.
0: Nice. Fine. Well, my, my last question to that is um, yeah, what are three principles for, I would say, financial freedom or, you know, um, I guess you can tie it in with like, you know, just getting comfortable in the stock game and whatnot? um that you teach your kids your adults or whatnot there's three principles for our audience
2: uh this is good let me see three principles um hmm when it comes i guess when it comes to like wealth right Mm -hmm. um i think we have to remove the concept of it's not for me um because I think when you, when you truly, I think one of the things I would I do, I try to make my life as transparent as possible so that you know that I'm just like you, I'm normal like you, but you can still do great things that you never associated yourself with doing. Mm. Um, and so I think we have to realize that every step when it comes to building our wealth matters and that we are worthy of it um, because we think it is only for people with money. And it's like, no, Like you don't need thousands of dollars to invest. You can invest with $25 and I think you have to believe that you are worthy of investing first um, before you even start to invest. Um, the other thing about this investing period, me personally, um, when it comes to wealth, if, if you want to make money fast, you'll get rich. If you want to have money forever, that's wealth. But when you focus on money, that's rich. When you focus on legacy, that's wealth. And so you always gotta look at what are you doing now to prepare who comes after you. So everything I do is not to just make have Ashley have a bunch of money, it's to make sure that my kids, kids, kids will forever be able to thrive through what I've been creating. Um, so you when you think about the Rockefellers, the Walton family, like every wealthy billionaire
3: mm-hmm
2: doesn't just do this for them, they do it for the legacy that they'll leave. And I think if we start focusing on legacy, the trajectory of our families will change. So focusing on money is to get rich, absolutely. But focusing on legacy will get you wealth because wealth is forever. Rich is, is having a lot of money right now. Wealth is having money generation after generation after generation. Got
0: it. Um, and before you even talk about the third one, if um, you could get even a little bit more targeted as far as, like, somebody wants to get into the stock game, should they open an E-Trade account? Compared to a um, So account? I can't
2: necessarily what, say what account you should open mm-hmm. um, because everybody's different. Um, I personally have an E-Trade, um, but E-Trade has a certain minimum. Um, I understand what E-Trade says. You know, like, so... What I would say is, when it comes to opening a brokerage account, three things you should look at. One, what's the minimum they allow? Mm-hmm. Um, because some accounts, I think E-Trade's minimum is five hundred. Some accounts don't have minimums. So if all you have is a hundred dollars or twenty dollars, find the, the the account that doesn't have a minimum amount um, or a minimum that's that you're okay with. The second thing would be what are the fees? So every time you buy a stock or sell a stock, process any transaction. Um, excuse me, they uh, they charge you a fee. So just like uh, buying a house. Anytime a house is bought, there's a broker's fee. Anytime a house is sold, mm-hmm. it's a broker's fee. Same exact thing with stocks. So usually the fees are anywhere between five to $10. So find the one that gives you the cheapest trade fee. Um, the other thing is I would look to is like the education and the simplicity of it, um, because it can get very overwhelming. One of the easiest apps I think that's out there that kind of satisfies every negative comment someone can have about, stock. not negative comment, but like pushback you would get um is this app called stockpile um one you can buy fractions of shares meaning if the stock costs 500 and all you have is 20 you can buy 20 dollars worth of that company also you don't have a lot of money there's no minimum and if you want to learn about it the app is like really cool has a lot of pictures it could teach you it's literally fundamentally available for people who have no idea what they're doing but it can aesthetically attract you like an e-trade is overwhelming it literally takes like Five ten minutes open an E-Trade account. Stockpile you can open an account in thirty seconds, Got it. literally. Um, but I can't say what's right. Like there are certain Over. things about Stockpile that don't suit me mm-hmm. because I'm more more educated. I don't. There are certain things that Stockpile does that I that I I need the account to do that it doesn't do that E-Trade right. better services me on. So I can't say what works best for somebody. Um, but it's more of understanding what works for you and understanding what is out there and what's available for you. Gotcha.
0: Should we invest in like on a way as like okay this is Brooklyn Pils- Pilsner. Should I find out the company that you know that that makes um, it to see if like do you do you believe investing in the things that we use now? Yeah. I so every
2: uh, every every company I invest in, mm-hmm. um, I use or other people like I bought Netflix. I don't watch TV. I don't have a Netflix account, but everybody does, and all cable companies I feel like are going out of business. Mm-hmm. So I bought Netflix. I think I got in like a hundred dollars or like a couple shares. It's like two hundred and seventy dollars now, and that was like literally a. Less than a year and a half ago, when I got it, wow. um, but it was because I saw the direction TV was going, and I saw everybody having a Netflix account. No one, everyone stops, rewinds, pause, you know, all of that. Like cable companies aren't. That's just not how they operate anymore. Why well, pay a two hundred and fifty dollar Time Warner Comcast uh, cable bill, Verizon bill, uh, when you can have a seven eight dollar Netflix account? Like, yeah. and so, um, so I invest in. I don't invest in like that next big thing because I don't research in detail companies i don't like dig through their financial statements i don't have time to do that i legit invest in who i feel like will be around the next 5 10 20 years um which will lead me into the last principle um investing is a forever kind of thing um and i feel like especially for the black community i'm not a get rich quick kind of person so i don't just buy stocks flip them my favorite holding period is forever i don't sell out of any of my only time i sold out of some of my stocks is because i ran out of money so if i had 10 shares of a company i probably sold out three of them so i could get some cash um because you got to look at investing for me in particular from a wealth perspective it's like let's say you get married if, if you get married, still death do us part. Your spouse may do something wrong, may piss you off, y'all might get separated for a little bit, but if you signed up for this marriage, you're in it, you're in it to win it. So if I invest in a company and their earnings are bad one, one, one quarter and the stock price drops and the media is, you know, all hell breaks loose. If I, if I invested in you and I believed in you from the beginning, I'm gonna ride this wave with you, with you because I believe in the longevity of what you're gonna create. Um, I think we get so caught up, oh my gosh, the stock market is down. Like if I if I asked you when when was the last stock market crash when you guys know probably right, right when is when was the stock market at its highest um it was
0: recently, a couple years after that right recently, like maybe today like, right today?
2: so people focus on the negative okay. not realizing that this is the, the, the stock there are billionaires being being made every day because mm. companies are just making more and more and more money now it's not always going to be this way but at the same time you have to be okay with going through those tough times and then mm-hmm. having it rise and things like that like we get too emotional literally you can see in the news something great happens by the company the next day something bad happens and it's just like well make up your mind do you love the company or do you hate it right. but it's all emotion and i think if you get so caught up in it mm-hmm. you're, you're 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 emo you're just you're gossiping just like the media is you know like right. but if if, it, if you're in this marriage and you're in it to win it ride the wave build the wealth and over time um just wait and ride it out you get what i'm saying so Absolutely. for me um that's how i see it but i invest in companies that i think will be here in the next 5 10 20 years period.
0: did you get a part of um damn you like actually i could talk to you for man <laughs> oh, shit you <laughs> have another question um, cuz like right. did you get involved with the bitcoin wave
2: no okay that was so my here's next question <laughs> so here's okay so here's here's the thing about bitcoin i got a couple outlooks on it um i stay in my lane i know what i'm great at um and i'm an educator i'm not a stock guru i teach you the fundamentals and the basics um i do not trade currency i understand it um however bitcoin cryptocurrency is dope i think it'll, it will change the game but whenever you see everyone talking about something that's when you get scared like when everyone is buying 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 that's when you get out yeah, when everybody's crazy. right when you when everybody's selling 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 selling, selling everyone's scared that's when you buy Um, again it's all off of emotion but it just got to a point where people who who don't even invest started talking about bitcoin because you see people making money that's when you should be scared so for me it it was i'm a wall street person so things like that that are so volatile that can go down 20 30 percent in a day if that happened to our u.s stock market all hell would break loose like that can't that that would be insane so that's not something that we would recommend to our clients because it's too risky. It
1: would be a crazy short, though.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin is dropping as we speak, like, literally yeah. every day. Um, now, if you invested in Bitcoin back when I was on Wall Street from then till now, absolutely. Um, but it what nobody knew about it then. So that's the time when, when nobody cares about the company, doesn't believe in the company or whatever it is. That's when you buy. You don't buy it when everybody loves it and it's hype. It's kind of like you, 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 you deal, like, let's just say you want to... You want to deal with a girl who's up and coming or partner with a company that's up and coming. You get that contract before they blow up and they start charging you a, a crazy amount of money. You know, yeah. like, you got to believe in it when nobody sees it.
0: That's Don't outrageous. want
2: me now because everybody else is making money, you know, making mm-hmm. money because of me. Because now it's not, it's, it's, it's too inflated now. Um, so coming from a Wall Street background, things like that are too risky. Mm-hmm. And that's not a wealth building outlook. But my issue my issue really came when it's like, we sit here, let's go back to Netflix. We sit here, we leave work, go home, watch Netflix all day, yet you wanna invest in something, you have no idea what it is, how it works, how it can benefit from you, let alone can you afford it. But you can't even buy invest in a company that you literally use every single day of your life. You get what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's like if you weren't an investor before, don't don't put your money in something that you don't fully understand just because a man next door said they made money. Like that's that's not wealth was not built because of Bitcoin. You get what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's like I, I respect it. I think it's dope. I think what they're creating is exciting. Um, but I don't think Bitcoin will be something like like it's not gonna be around for forever. Cryptocurrency might change the game. I think it is that yeah. like that millennial that's trying to shake up the world and the system, and now the old folks don't know how to deal with it. Um, but from an investing, investing perspective, I don't invest to flip money. I don't. I don't. I don't. I did that when I first left JP to make you know I was day trading all day. I don't have the emotion. I don't have the time. For me, it's more of the legacy and the longevity and the wealth creation. Not so you can flip money real quick so you can go buy something else. Like it's, it's more of like, are you going to retire or work until you're 65 years old and live off of Social Security? Or are you going to create the life that you want because you've been investing over time? You get what I'm saying? So for me, I'm not against it. That's just not how I, I don't teach that way. I don't, I don't teach my kids to go flip money real quick. This isn't the streets. Like, mm-hmm. this is wealth. This is money that's forever. Not something that you just make a quick flip really quick. And that is what Bitcoin turned into. And so I applaud anybody who made money in it. That's just not where my expertise is. And so just because it's hot, that doesn't mean that I would jump on a bandwagon. Like, I stay in my lane when it comes to stuff like that.
1: God. feel it. me, Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Fox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I told y'all like, I was in that room from when I first met her. I mean, I've been following for a little while, but this is has probably is one of the most informative. Uh, Yo, I learned manship. <laughs> uh, I'm about to be investing. You know, um, yeah. actually, we appreciate you. Where can we find you on the uh, socials? To ask you the last question. Oh, what's the last question?
1: Well, no, that was that was my um, my oh, last question Bitcoin? about crypto. And stuff uh, like that. I really feel though personally like the the platform that is traded mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's I'm cool saying like that's probably where the I think it's like, gonna
2: shake some things up yeah. I just don't I just it's just when you it was just people everyone was asking me and I'm just like what yeah, it was a you? super trend then people started to use debt to buy it just was it was it was yeah. too much like yeah. we can't get caught up it's all emotion like you just not that's not an investor mm. it's, that, it's a difference between an investor and a trader like that's that's not I'm I Preach wealth building. Like, I'm not, I don't get rich quick. That's just not my thing. Thanks. Like, no, not Where can
1: we uh, find you on the socials if we're looking for some uh, advice and <laughs> uh, So,
2: at underscore Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y Marie Fox. So, at underscore Ashley M Fox or at Amplify, E M P I F Y.
0: So, so, yeah, I mean, before we even go, we asked everybody this, so it wouldn't be right if we didn't ask you this, is, you know, what drives you? You know, what, what wakes you up in the morning to keep going, to just be a, be a leader in our community, um, um, you know, providing this wealth of knowledge to um, to the youth and to, you know, uh, adults, and, and just being that figure of somebody you can go to to, you know, get that informational value. What keeps you going? You know what I mean, what we'll puts that battery in your back?
2: Um, I think... For some reason, and again, I don't know where this came from, but I think there's something inside of me that truly believes that I can fix the wealth gap. Mm. Like, I think I've seen both ends of the spectrum. Like, I learned more about white America. I learned about white America first before I learned about black America. Mm. Um, and I think because I understand the magnitude of how billionaires operate, but I've been at points where I've had no money myself and every day I deal with people who don't, I feel like it's my God-given duty to create a universal language that can mesh the two together in a way that I'm not too fancy i I'm not too Wall Street, mm-hmm. but I'm also not too hood not too uneducated to a point where I, I, I lose the respect of the people who are wealthy in this community, I mean, in in, in this world. Um, so for me, I just feel like it's my God-given purpose to be that example because we don't have um, someone who is African American, who is a woman, who doesn't have to be validated by the like sex she has or how she wears her hair or what her body looks like, mm-hmm. um, but more so measured <coughs> by the service that's provided and the intellect. And I think we lose value in who we are as as, as a culture um, because of the great things that we are. And I think it's my duty to remind us of how amazing we are, um, but also giving us the tools and resources to strengthen who we can become as people. And I honestly feel like there's nobody in this world that can do it, and I just have this burning desire to prove to the world that we are amazing, we can do great things, and the one thing that stops us from living out our truest potential is money. So if I can remove that financial barrier, the mental barrier, and the actual resources that are available to people who need the money, um, if I can provide both the mental and the financial, um, I can fix the wealth gap. Um, And I don't know why, but I just feel like I understand both languages, and I have to wake up every single day to do it.
0: Fire. Amazing. Thank you again, Ashley, you uh, We appreciate you for coming on Driven Minds. Hopefully, exactly. we can, um, you know, work, work with each other, get, them, get you on some panels for our audience. I think it'll <coughs> be um, um, super dope to have you on, y'all. I appreciate you, Ash. Facts. <laughs> like we always say, saying,
1: it's time.
0: Stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.